Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. But as I continued getting no's, and as I continued interviewing and being exposed to different companies, I started realizing, wait a second, I need to take control of what I really want, what I really desire. Where do I want to spend my work hours? Mm -hmm. And where can I align the purpose that I'm speaking, my why and my future and my community focus with my professional? So that was a very, I would say that was a, a challenging time. But what it did is it aligned me to that next. Our voices, stories, and experiences are powerful and need to be shared to create a more inclusive world. Welcome to Hablemos, conversations with talented humans about inclusion, leadership, and purpose. I'm your host, Carolina Veira, finance and business strategist, DEI champion, and proud Latina. I'm also the director of partnerships at CareMax, where I lead initiatives to promote the value of healthcare, education, inclusion, entrepreneurship, and community engagement, while fostering partnerships with other corporations and organizations in the U.S. This episode features Joanna Feliciano. Joanna has over 20 years of experience in the financial services and insurance industry across leadership roles, and she's also a member of the Diversity and Inclusion Council. Joanna serves as CEO of Elevink, focusing on helping underrepresented individuals with tools, networking, and access to opportunities. How are you, Joanna? Yes, I'm good. I'm good, Carolina. Thank you so much. Uh, it's it's an honor and blessing to be here with you. I, I follow you on LinkedIn. I know <laughs> I we connected. <laughs> we connected about a year and a half ago when Elevink was brought together. But um, yes, I'm so excited to be here to share my story, share my purpose, share everything that I am am working on, and you know, just kind of a little bit about my doctorate. So I'm excited to be here with you today. And I did notice that you have similar um, signs behind you. Be bold, be true, be kind of be you. It's all about being you, being kind and, and showing love in the community. So it's all about that. Absolutely. And and I think that's that's where the connection and that's how this uh, beautiful community is is born, mm-hmm. right? It's out of love, mm-hmm. out of uh, a passion for humanity. So I'm, I'm glad to, to have you here. But why don't you go ahead and 
tell us a little more about um, who is Joanna and about your heritage and what brought you to to lead to leave the way that you've lived your path uh, to leadership, but also um, how you end up being part of Elevink as well. So go ahead. Super, super. So um, my like like Carolina had introduced me, Dr. Joanna Feliciano. I recently got achieved a huge milestone in my life. As a little girl, I always wanted to become a doctor. I did not know what doctor uh, I, I wanted to become. Of course, through exposure as a child, we always say, okay, doctors are only medical uh, mm -hmm. fields. But there are so many versions of PhD and doctorate out there. And I decided to pursue my doctorate about four years ago and finally completed it in February. And my doctor is in business because I've, I've spent all my career, 20 plus years in the business world. And my doctor was focused on strategic management with a focus on corporate social responsibility. You know, the focus on corporate social responsibility, which we are here today to talk about our purpose, is something that drove me, was an internal flame fire where I said, you know what, it's not just talking the talk of companies, but it's also walking it. It's also being impactful, not just to your employees, but your community, your customers, your supply chain. So my research was focused on corporate social responsibility, really looking at the company's strategic management process and figuring out, are companies really putting that into their processes? Are they just talking it on the NASDAQ? Are they just talking it about it in the stock market? Or are they really being driven by those decisions? And that's where my research stood. And I finally completed it. I presented it to the business school, um, completed it. And it's, it's in line with my purpose. My purpose is, of course, to be a voice, to empower other people, but also empower when I walk into those spaces. When I walk into those special spaces, might it be in the business world or in the personal community, how can I use my voice and experiences and bring all that from an academia and a personal perspective? So that's really focused on my doctor. But professionally, I've been in the business world, specifically the insurance business, which a lot of people think of the insurance business as, okay, it's auto insurance. It's not just auto insurance. Mm -hmm. I have been in the insurance world for 20 plus years, focused on products like the products outside of your, um, your medical and your dental insurance. And those products such as accident insurance, critical illness, hospital indemnity, and accident and life insurance are so important to our people today. And it's become even more important, especially after COVID and during COVID, that we have to have those additional protections in our life, not just to help us, but to help the following and future generations. So I've been in the field for 20 plus years in different roles, product management, project management, broker management, um, also product development. And then where I am today, business and market intelligence, which leads me to my current role in my company where I am the business and market intelligence lead. And that role is really focused on all the market research. So when you, when a person hears all the statistics, I'm the person behind the scenes doing all the research, all the questionnaires, putting all the data together to present okay. to senior leadership so then they can make their decisions 
develop the right products, develop the changes in processes, expand their brand, reevaluate their brand, uh, also look at their operational processes. So I'm the one behind the scenes, really doing that research, looking at competitors, looking at the data, looking at the customer experience, um, and really put, put, packaging that all, all that raw data up for leaders who are in the C-level, and they're the ones that make the final decisions with the information because most, most and all decisions are not made just randomly. They really use someone like me behind the scenes, putting all that together for them. So that's, that's what I do daily. Um, so do you have a question, Carolina, yes, before I jump I into the next? I ask you out of, out of all this information, you're dealing with a lot of data. Um, what can you say have been, uh, those, those key areas or opportunities where where you've seen that uh, truly those companies have um, included the Hispanic community in your research. Like, um, what has been those areas of opportunity where you you feel that your voice has been heard when uh, dealing with all these data? Well, specifically for the data when it comes to the employers. So the business that I'm in, their client base is the employer base. And the employers, they, they work with employers ranging from large employers to small employers. And when we do surveys once a year, we ask the employers about the demographics. We ask their employers, okay, what are your, what do your employees want? What are they looking for when they're looking at their enrollment um, period? What are they seeking? And specifically, I would say in the last, you know, for many years, the insurance industry did not, uh, I would say, dig, dig deep into like the different demographics. It was more treated as, okay, everyone needs the similar product. Everyone gets educated similarly about the product. The experience should be the same mm. across every product. But now we're seeing it's changing, especially with COVID. COVID has brought a platform to individuals to really say, hey, I need life insurance. I need, I need to be able to ju just, you know, if God forbid I pass away, I can leave my children something that's going to help propel them in their future education or whatever. Like I'm not leaving them financially strained. So now our organization is part of when we pull research, when I work with outside partners, they're looking at Black Americans. They're looking at Hispanics as different groups because the needs are different. You cannot treat every customer the same. So that's where our organization is taking all that information in and putting together different branding strategies, different mm -hmm. marketing strategies. So now my the company that I work for is changing the tide, is changing to react to the differences and the different needs based on the community you know some some uh, some groups need to be educated differently about products you know they can't read it they need to understand how is this going to impact my family how much money is this going to really cost me so really this puts a lot of responsibility social responsibility on the organization to really get to those various demographics and that's where i sit where i put all that research on black americans hispanics and i provide it and they're using that information to build future strategies. 
And not yeah. only the strategy, but products uh, and mm-hmm. anything that uh, the customers, which in this case, it's all of us, right, are going mm-hmm. to be, have access to. So that yeah. data that you're bringing in, and not only the, the data, but also I would think that uh, you can see things in from a different perspective because of your cultural background, because of everything that yeah. you bring to the table. So that information, it's also added to the way that you present the data, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So for, for, I'll give you an example. Um, it's mental health awareness month right now. Mm-hmm. It is. And I have shared a lot of information with the product leads on mental health awareness. And we they're looking at the current product and they're looking at the benefits because mental health awareness is something that a lot of people need. It may not have been voiced in the past, because it was kind of shut doors. People may have felt like I don't have a safe place to share that I'm overwhelmed or I'm going through a special, a, a grieving situation or I'm going through a transition in my life or what, whatever the case. Well, like I said, COVID has changed everything where now it's like people are like, I need help. I need, and it's okay. We all need help at different places in our life. So I share that information and they're looking at, okay, how can this be attached to some of the products we produce in order to meet that need because there is a need in the community. And it's very different depending if you're a woman, depending if you're a Hispanic, whatever community you're coming from, you need different resources. So I'm, like I said, I provide a lot of research when it comes to these awareness months going on, Hispanic awareness. I'm behind the scenes providing a lot of information. So even though I may not always be at the table, I'm still influential because I'm still presenting the important information that is really that action is needed for. Absolutely. And I believe that everyone needs to be part of that conversation, right? It's like you said, maybe you're not delivering the message, but in a way you are because you're compounding the information, you're presenting the information, you put it in this package so people can uh, share the information. So you you play Mm -hmm. an important role in um, how the data, the information is delivered and shared. Now, how do you see your company? How do, and you, and you mentioned it briefly, but can you explain a little more how they use it for uh, corporate social responsibility? Now they have all the data. How do they go about um, creating initiatives that have an impact on, on the communities and, uh, and also on employees? And, and it's driven by this CSR concept. Yeah, our company is, uh, I would say they're very, they do a lot for the community and they're really focused on doing more because that is part of their values and mission. So Mm -hmm. it starts with, I would say it starts with the company's values and mission because that drives the decision. And the company that I work for, they, they, um, they give a lot of financial help to community, communities where they have local offices. So if they have a local offices in Florida, they have local offices, they give to those hospitals in those areas, funding, you know, especially during COVID, they were giving funding with masks, you know, the whole protection Mm -hmm. equipment, they were giving that. They also, um, they try to hire from local communities. So really, you know, I know that there's a lot of remote 
but they also have a commitment to hire from locally, you know, so some, you know, in certain areas they hire locally to bring on board because those people are vested in those communities because they live in those communities. Mm -hmm. They also um, support different programs in different cities regarding education. So bringing arts and culture, because it's not just reading writing and math but there's arts and culture there's other things that could help students in poor communities you know bring diversity bring bring that exposure to things that they may not be exposed to in their local community so they have a lot of csr activity a lot of fundraisers um, they're doing, you know, constantly every month, Feet of, Feet of America, you know, that organization. So they're really dedicated. And that's what attracted me to this organization five years ago, because one of the things that attracted me is, you know, it's not just making profit. It's also, okay, what are you giving back from those profits and how are you improving the community around you, maybe the employee customer organizations, nonprofit organizations you have relationships with, what are you giving back? And I think that's something, Carolina, that when I mentor college students, that's very important to them. Just like it was important to me five years ago, college students today are looking for companies that are sustainable, that are have CSR strong strategies, and are giving back. It's not always about pay. It's more holistically. Mm -hmm. So the employee, you know, the employer base has changed. And that leads me to another thing, you know, in my company, I not just put, to, put together the research and stuff. I also um, am a voice in their diversity and inclusion and equity council. I sit on the council. It was their first council developed uh, about a year and a half ago went through an application process, anonymous was chosen to be part, you know, represent the community and, and the organization. And that's one of the topics where hires are asking, hey, what are you doing around CSR? What are you doing with the environment? What are you doing about giving back to the community? How are you going to train me? How are you going to make me better? So the conversations with employees are changing and that's driving a lot of the decisions at my organization and other organizations uh, around us. Hi everybody, hola a todos, this is Carolina. I personally would like to invite you to be part of Hablemos by heading over to carolinaveira.com forward slash Hablemos to sign up today. And while you're there, take a look at my DEI initiatives and discover how we can all be agents of change by creating sustainable projects through a DEI lens and by sharing and celebrating our authentic stories and experiences while leading with compassion and empathy. So one, and, and I and I love the work that you're doing. Obviously, we need more voices uh, and, and more voices to create change. And 
And uh, the more you, we unite, the more we share our experiences, the better the companies are going to be. And I believe that many, not only the new generations, but even the current generations that are there other than millennials, they're looking at organizations and they're paying attention to what they're doing for the community, how they're doing business, a new way, a new mm-hmm. concept of doing business where they're not only focused on profit, but how they're getting that profit. Is it sustainable? Is it uh is it according to ESG regulations? I mean, there's many things happening out there. And, and it's great that you're a part of that whole conversation, by the way. Um, now, you're a leader in your community. How, how did you go about becoming that leader? Like, what, what encouraged you to pay attention to be, be, or being very intentional about the company that you work for? Uh, right. You just mentioned that I want a company I, five years ago. You wanted to find that, find that company that was doing something for the community. So what encouraged you to be that type of leader that really thinks about the whole holistic approach? Yeah, for me, uh, I would say when um, there was a point in time in, in 2015 where I where I changed my mindset and for many years. I was like, okay, I want to work in an organization that I can grow. I can be the highest person in the room. I can, you know, that, that whole, you know, as a young girl, I always had a checklist of what I wanted, of what I wanted in my life. And um, especially when I entered the business world, I, I aspired for all these things on the checklist. And before I, I came to my and, and looked for my organization and, and, and accepted there, yes, I, um, I went through a tough moment in time. I would say I lost my, I was laid off from my prior position, a huge organization I worked for, uh, very competitive in the insurance industry. And that brought me to a point where I needed to slow down and I needed to figure out, okay, what do I do next? Do I still want to continue chasing those steps on that ladder by myself? Or do I want to join an organization and be intentional with what I do in the organization? And then that can pivot me to my purpose and my mission in life. Hmm. And that was a very important time in 2015 that I had to reflect. And I would say those moments of reflection could be tough. When you're like, okay, when I'm applying to jobs, am I just going to apply anywhere? And I could say in the beginning, because I didn't realize that was very important, I was just trying to get a job. I was just trying to get the next job because I was laid off. I was trying to get the next job just to bring an income into the household. But as I continued getting no's, and as I continued interviewing and being exposed to different companies, I started realizing, wait a second, I need to take control of what I really want, what I really desire. Where do I want to spend my work hours mm-hmm. and where can I align the purpose that I'm seeking, my why and my future and my community focus with my professional. So That was a very, I would say that was a a challenging time, but what it did is it aligned me to that next. It it brought balance. It aligned me to that next. And I 
You know, I tell people in the audience, don't ever, you know, forget about those dark moments, those dark shadows, those dark rooms that you have to go through in life. Might be losing a job or you have to move to a new city because whatever the reason, don't lose focus on that because there's always something that has to happen that pivots you to a better you. To, to that more, that the much, the higher version of you. And that's what it did back in 2015. So when I went and I started focusing on that and I started saying, you know what? I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to be intentional with my applications. I'm going to be intentional when I walk in those rooms for interviews. I'm going to ask the right questions. I'm not just going to say, okay, everything sounds great. That's fantastic. No, I'm going to say, okay, how can I grow here? Do you have diversity and inclusion? Do you support the communities? How many Hispanics are in this organization? And even though I may not have gotten the answers 100% that I wanted, I say, you know what? If they don't have that many Hispanics and they still choose me, that's okay. I'll be a voice when I walk in that door to open the door for the next group of Hispanics coming in. So I started being intentional in my, in my questions, I started saying, wait a minute, I'm not going to see this as a barrier if they don't have this and this and this. Well, how can I be? And that's what happened with this company. The company that I'm in now, I, I have to tell you, I mean, I, I, went in and they're like, <laughs> they were like, they were like, we don't have a lot of diversity and inclusion yet, but we're starting to. And I went and I started meeting the heads of HR. I said, you know what? I want to set up a meeting with you. I want to talk about this. And that's what I tell the audience, you know, and I tell people in the community, don't wait for someone to start. You can be that starting point. And then someone, and and then other people will follow. And when I had those meetings, they were like, yeah, we're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. I said, don't worry. I'm going to come back. I got and you. I, I got, I got it. I'm coming back. It. And I got it. And, and, you know, and I started coming back. And then finally, when they opened the council, you know, if I would have taken the approach of like, wow, you know, they're, they don't have all the check the boxes, mm-hmm. but because I was intentional in my interest, there's something here. I, mm-hmm. I have, a, I have it in my gut. There's some future opportunity here. And I'm going to be that voice of change. And um, I took the DNI council position. I, you know, we just celebrate. I just celebrated. I, I led the Women's History Month in the organization. Uh, you know, last month, and it was the first time we ever had Women's History Month. We had pan. We had a panel. We had newsletters that I created. So you know, it, it was such a amazing opportunity for me to be that use my voice and my experiences and be that connector, be that bridge. So coming to that, and then when it comes to the community, you know, like I said, 2015 was a pivotal point. I started writing down, okay, what am I going to do outside of work? What am I going to do outside of work to line me up with my purpose, which is being that using my voice, using my experiences and not hiding away from those dark moments. And that's when I just started meeting with people. I just started meeting with people outside that I saw on LinkedIn. And finally, that connected me to Elevink. That mm-hmm. connected me to Elevink, where I'm the chief operating officer. And that's another way that I give back to students. 
I give back to people who take the classes with us. And um, they, 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 you know, I teach the resilience course because I believe that we all have to have resilience, you know, for, for, for every stage. And something that I heard um, recently in a podcast, there's always life after the letdown. So we go through a lot of letdown moments, maybe a job, maybe, you know, certain situation, but there's always life after. And I love teaching the resilience course because I share my story. I tell them, hey, I've gone through all this from childhood, from, you know, being a parent, um, you know, from losing my, my job, for regaining my position. But there's always life after that moment. Mm-hmm. There's always life. It never ends. There's always a comma. You could add a comma. Okay, I went through this. Comma, the sentence continues in our life. And I teach a lot of the students that course, but I also help with communication skills. You know, a lot of, um, you know, I would say Hispanics, you know, mostly, you know, our audience with Hispanic star is, you know, thinking higher of yourself. And it's not being prideful. It's not being prideful, but he having that confidence that you have what it takes already mm. for that better job. You have what it takes to be impactful. You have what it takes to bring change, be an influence wherever you go. So that's how Eleven came to be. Been two years already. It's going to make two years in June. Excited about helping all these individuals. We've had five cohorts. Um, and that's how you and I connected through our mentorship program. I had developed the mentorship program. And um, so this is Elevink has been amazing, has been a stepping stone for me, has been a platform for me to continue my purpose and my why um, in addition to other things I do in the community. So uh, it's been great. It's phenomenal. And I, I want to highlight the fact that thank you for sharing your story about losing a job because I, or being laid off, because I think that's one of the of people's biggest fears, right? They, they, they think that that would be the end. And it really, for some people, it's, it's really a shocking moment. I mean, I think for everyone, but for some, it really takes something away from them if they're not careful and intentional about how to handle that situation. So thank you for sharing your own experience, because I think it's going to be helpful to others that may have experienced it or, or, God forbid, it, it, if it eventually happens to someone out there, for them to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, like you said, there's a mm-hmm. coma, right? They can continue, they can, things will get better. Um, they just have to really, like you did, you know, think about what they want, what what's going to be the next step, and just take action, because that's mm-hmm. the only way we can continue growing, right? Taking action and yeah. not letting those moments of, of, of fear take over ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would love to add is um, that was a moment of testing my identity. And some people identify with their job. Some people identify as being this, being that, because that's sometimes we carry those labels from our families, from this is who you are, this is who you are. And those reflection moments back in, the, in that time frame, it really was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to own my own identity. I'm going to, I want to leave a legacy. I want to be able to touch people along the way and make them better so they can reach their potential and be known for that versus being known as Joanna Feliciano, this, this, and that titles. 
titles are great, but there's more impact left behind when you help others reach their potential or get out of their situation. That's, that's more impactful. That's a legacy to leave behind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're doing it. And it's, thank yeah. you for sharing that because I, I know that there's people out there who want to know how to do it. And, and it's, it's, it can be as simple as make your, your list, right. Of things that, <laughs> that you want to accomplish and then take action. Um, now, Joanna, I know it's, it's, uh, it's, we're almost to the 30 minutes and the 30 minute mark, which seems like we just yes. started with you. <laughs> I don't know. Time flew by, but I want to remind you um, to share your information in case somebody out there wants to contact you, especially with Elevink. It's an invitation mm-hmm. for those professionals and also college students um, mm-hmm. uh, who are graduating to really look into the mentorship and all the programs that you guys offer because it's an opportunity for them to enhance what they already know, but also to gain that confidence, right? Know that they can yeah. be those agents of change. Yes, yes, super. So I'll just share. So everyone can find me on LinkedIn, Dr. Joanna Feliciano. I can be found there. You can connect with me. Um, the other place I can be found is Joanna at Elevink.com. That is, you know, straight to the organization where we, you know, plan cohorts. We help college students. We provide coaching, uh, mentoring. So really look at that. Another place, uh, and I wanted to share this, I didn't get to share it throughout the, the interview, is I'm a board member in the Lupe New Jersey Fund organization. And that's an amazing organization for Latinas. And it's focused on Latinas United for Political Empowerment. And that's an organization that's been in New Jersey for 19 years, and they give yearly scholarships. So we, you know, that organization, I just became a board member. They give yearly scholarship. There's programs on that platform. They're going to make 20 years next year. So really look at, become a member of this Lupe, you know, organization, I tell people, and you could get access to a lot of resources. There's podcasts every month, different topics. So it's, it's also great and an organization that I also serve in the community. I'm excited to be part of. And for those interested, um, is that so they can, when you mean, when you say scholarships is for uh, those interested in, in uh, getting a degree, any degree, or those interested in becoming part of the political arena? Because you mentioned something about political. It, it's, it's uh, so the student would have to be in New Jersey. So we have to, a university in New Jersey, that's the cutoff. Of course, they, there's, there's additional other requirements. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure if it needs to be an empowerment uh, degree, but I know that there's a lot of movement in the Lupe organization where they work with local communities to empower Latinas who are going to go into civic duty, you know, because we want to not just be in corporate in the boardrooms. We also want Latina representation, especially Absolutely. Latina, you know, in the government. So this, this organization really supports that too. Phenomenal, phenomenal. So what's your final message for the community, Joan? I mean, it's, you've, you've shared great pieces of information. You, you're there walking the walk. Um, um, what, what would be your final message to our Hispanic community, our Latino community, our community of women out there trying to make things happen, our, the whole community, the world? What is your message? So I, I would say my message, uh, I remember I was in a conference and the the uh the the host of the conference was teaching us to change our mindset and look at ourselves as pioneers when you look at yourself as a pioneer 
you know that you now carry that torch to bring change. And wherever you go, it could be in your local community school. It could be you're a nurse in a local office. You are a, uh, you know, an information technology professional in a company. We are all pioneers to bring change. And if we all unite together and we all have the same focus, which is to lift the community of different groups so we can all have ample opportunities, we can bring change. So we all are responsible to bring the change. It's not just one person looking from the sidelines. And what I tell people, they're like, well, I don't have enough resources. I don't know anybody. Why would anyone listen to me? Mm. Well, we all, well, we all have a story to tell. And there's always someone on the other side that needs to hear your story. There's always someone on the other side that's interconnected with you for you to make the change. So don't, you know, take the opportunity you have where you are today. Don't wait for that right moment and take action. Be that pioneer change wherever you are. Joanna, you could not have said it uh, any other way, any better way. We, we all need to become those pioneers, those agents of change. And you know what? It's great to know that we can and we will create the change because we're being intentional about it. And all we need, all we need to create that change is inside of us, right? We have it. We have it already. So yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. uh, I I tell people, you have amazing things in you. Mm -hmm. We all have amazing, we're all creative. We have things in us. We are significant beings. It's just, we have to connect to that inner being to be significant outside. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Joanna. All you right. Thank you. Bring so much light to this conversation and the world. So we can, we can thank you enough. I can thank you enough uh, for your time uh, and for the opportunity to connect with you once more and share your message and your story and your voice with mm-hmm. our community. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carolina. <laughs> All right. And thank you, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you next time with another episode of Hablemos. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast today. And also send me a DM at Taroveira. Share the love. Share the comments share the thoughts special thanks to our partners at the hispanic star and katuna digital marketing gracias mil thank you for listening everybody and we'll be back next time with a new episode of hablemos chao